Good morning and welcome in everybody. Today we're going to take a look at a passage of scripture from the book of Luke. Luke 7, beginning right at about 36, it says, And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed five hundred pence, and the other fifty. And when uh, they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. In order to obtain forgiveness, we must first accept responsibility for what we truly are, sinners. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3 verse 9 says, What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. In our passage, this woman felt overwhelmed with sorrow for the sins that she had committed, and she wept openly before them all, completely ashamed of the things that she had done. She was filled with a contrite and penitent heart, which is a quality that one must possess in order to obtain forgiveness with God. Psalms thirty-four eighteen says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. When you wrong God or others, it should result in self-reproach and regret. True contrition is to possess a broken heart. Weeping is the outward evidence of this condition. Take, for example, the following passage, Luke 18, beginning at verse 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are 
extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess, and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his host justified rather than the other, for every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. You know, the the heart of the publican was filled with genuine sorrow, resulting in an outward display of his own grief. In order to find forgiveness with God or others, one must also possess this same quality and humbly admit fault. Second Corinthians 7, beginning of verse 9. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For you are made sorry after a godly manner, that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of this world worketh death. There are two types of sorrow. One that comes from your mouth, and one that comes from your heart. I mean, you can say that you're sorry, or you can feel sorry, but only one of them leads to salvation. Look at James 4, beginning of verse 8, says this, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. God will bless those who are genuinely sorry for the wrong things that they have done. Luke 6, 21 says, Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh. Matthew 5, verse 4, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. When you're filled up with godly sorrow in your heart, it's going to result in works of repentance. You're going to possess a fervent desire to abandon your sinful life and display outward works of goodness, righteousness, and truth. Faith without works of repentance is dead. And those who abide in that state will ultimately be punished by God. Matthew 3, verse 7, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth, therefore, fruits, meat for repentance. In our study passage, the woman was so sorry for what she had done, she openly wept, which was then followed by numerous works of repentance. The apostle, uh, the apostle Paul referred to himself as the chief of sinners. But look at all the works of repentance that he had. Works prove the status of one's heart before God. This is exactly what the apostle was preaching. He's preaching a holy directive and a holy direction. Acts 26, verse 19, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. Genuine repentance will result in works of love towards God or others. I mean, if you wrong a brother in the church, your apologies need to be backed up by doing something loving towards them. If your friend is upset because you're wrecked assured, works of repentance dictate getting a new one for him. I mean, after all, isn't this the way that you would want to be treated? These are loving works that prove that we are sorry. 
So in our study passage, Jesus completely forgave this woman because of her contrition, because of her change of heart, and because of her works of love. These are all outward signs of a repentant heart. So let's think about these things for right now. We can be found on your web browser by searching TLKJBC, where you can find our diaries distributed through various platforms. We're not associated nor affiliated with any other religious groups, and you can get our entire podcast feeds directly along with transcripts at TLKJBC.com. Or I suppose you could find us somewhere up here in the great northern Minnesota woods. And peace to you all, Nord willing. We'll talk with you some more tomorrow. Till then, bye-bye, everybody.